Hello, and welcome to the Gravel Ride Podcast. I'm your host, Craig Dalton. This week's podcast is brought to you by our friends at Athletic Greens, the all-in-one drink to support better health and peak performance. Even with a balanced diet, it's difficult to cover all your nutritional basis. That's where Athletic Greens will help. Their daily drink is like nutritional insurance for your body that's delivered straight to your door. I mentioned I've been using Athletic Greens for the last couple years to just provide a nutritional baseline for my diet, which isn't always the best. What really attracted me to Athletic Greens after a bunch of research was that it's a complex blend of 75 vitamins, minerals, and whole food sources that have been specifically engineered to help fill the nutritional gaps in your diet. And I found this really to be true. I've found that I've had increased energy and recovery due to my consistent use of Athletic Greens. So suffice it to say, I'm a big fan of Athletic Greens. They're NSF certified for sport, meaning they take the product seriously. They're tested and audited to ensure that what's on the label is actually in the pouch. They're a supporter of top athletes and Olympians, a supporter of USA Cycling. So whether you're looking to boost your energy levels, support your immune system, or address gut health, now's the perfect time to try Athletic Greens for yourself. Athletic Greens is offering my listeners a free gift with their first purchase with a minimum value of $20. Simply go to athleticgreens.com slash thegravelride to claim my offer. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash thegravelride. This week on the podcast, we have Caroline Diesendorf from the Easton Overland Gravel Racing Team and the Marin County Bike Coalition. We recorded this conversation early on in the pandemic in a live broadcast, so please forgive the slight audio issues about 30 minutes in. It was great to learn more about the Easton Overland team. It's got a really unique format that allows the athletes to bring in some of their own sponsors while have the overarching umbrella of the Easton Overland organization. We get to talk a little bit about Caroline's experience at the Mid-South Gravel Race this year. And then we turn our attention to the Marin County Bike Coalition and some of the great gravel riding we're fortunate enough to have in our backyard of Marin County. The Bike Coalition's got a few events coming up in August, the Dirt Fondo, and in September, the Adventure Revival Ride. Both have amazing routes. The Adventure Revival Ride is one of my favorites as it's super challenging from a technical perspective and brings you out on some less popular trails that are definitely worth trying. I spoke to the team at Marin County Bike Coalition today, and both events are moving forward, but they're doing it in a semi-supported fashion. They've got some unique ways in which they're going to adhere to social distancing rules and create a great day out in Marin County. So I encourage you to continue to look at their website and register for these events. Marin County Bike Coalition is obviously funded by the support of the community, so it's critical that even though the events aren't going to have the same you know, 250-person after-party Party that we support the coalition to keep the trails open and cut some of the new trails that Caroline and I get a chance to talk about. So with that, let's dive right into this week's episode. All right, Caroline, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Craig. Yeah, we always like to start off by learning a little bit more of your background as a gravel cyclist. Could you talk about how you originally discovered riding off-road and maybe a progression from other elements in the sport until gravel racing? Yeah, um, I didn't get into bikes till the end of college. Um, my senior year of college, I needed a sport that kind of like to fulfill the void of 
growing up playing soccer and not really having anything. And um, I found triathlon and did triathlon for a year in college at UC Santa Barbara. And it was really fun. I had a background as a swimmer, but um, the only thing I really liked about it was the bike. So I started um, racing on the road instead and then went immediately to grad school and walked into a shop in Eugene, Oregon um, when I first got up to University of Oregon for grad school. And uh, the guys in the shop were like, have you heard of cyclocross? And I was like, no. They're like, great, you should come out to a race tonight and borrow a bike and like try it out. And I was, so I got out there crashed over every barrier I encountered, um, but was immediately hooked. And so I started racing off-road um, in cyclocross and then um, racing in the Bay for Team Mike's Bikes. I decided to start racing uh, mountain bikes and really enjoyed it. And then it's just kind of like taken off from there. Um, I think my first gravel race per se was the inaugural um Grinduro, I think that was 2015. Um, and I raced my rock lobster um, cyclocross bike and uh, won it, won the pro women's category. And I was kind of hooked on this like long distance gravel riding of something that I always done with my friends. But like, it was kind of fun to have this new format that, you know, normally my races are 45 minutes around a very small, you know, two mile uh, track for cyclocross and so it's kind of cool now having this like adventure thing that is competitive but more just hanging out with friends and going on a cool adventure yeah it's interesting I was talking to Amanda Nauman a few weeks back and she had mentioned she had the similar progression from triathlon to cyclocross what do you think it is about the sport of cyclocross that kind of was attractive to you at the time um for me it was in Oregon, the Cross Crusade series is so incredible. Um, it's just like this huge series. Like you go to these events and there's a thousand, two thousand people and the women's fields are 50 plus deep and um, just, you know, amazing talent. Like Beth Ann Orton, when I first started racing was like my idol. She was just like this, this amazing, I mean, I love Beth. She's still a really good friend, but she was just like this amazing person. And it was something that I hadn't experienced um, and I think, you know, even though you're, you're doing these small circles and cross, it's no two races are the same. I mean, you know, there's races I go back to year after year after year and every year the conditions are different. The weather's different, you know, the competition's different and it's exciting and it's challenging. And it's, even though like it's, you know, you can race with a team or race, you know, you're racing with a bunch of really strong competitors. Um, you're really racing yourself. You're you're challenging yourself, and you know the other people in the race really don't matter. There aren't very many. There are some cross races where you do find road tactics and play. You are in a, a small group and you are attacking each other. But often, you know, in in muddy races, it's just you're fighting yourself and trying to figure out how to do it yourself. And so, at the end of the day, you know, you all hug and smile and laugh and high five each other and like most of my best friends now I've met through racing cyclocross. Awesome. And cyclocross obviously being traditionally a winter sport, although it kicks off pretty early here in Northern California, what type of riding were you doing in the off season from cyclocross the last few years 
that kind of set the stage for you to kind of jump full force into gravel racing? I mean, quite honestly, it was, it was adventure riding. It was going out on long, you know, rides on my cross bikes. Um, and I really like riding my cross bikes on single track and on technical trail and kind of challenging my skills in that way. So it was going on these long adventure rides. Um, I, I'm a total map geek. I love making routes. I love finding new routes and challenging myself with like these new places I haven't been. Um, so a lot have been like, I really want to go out to this really remote place that I've never been before. And so let's find a gravel or a mountain bike loop that, you know, is 45 to 80 to whatever, hundred miles and let's go check it out. Um, so a lot of that kind of riding. Yeah, that's awesome. And we'll get into your work at the Marin County bike coalition, but I, I have the Marin County bike map and I just geek out over it because having the gravel bike and the great roads we have around here, you can just create these amazing, um, mixed terrain loops that I never thought was possible prior to kind of getting this type of bike and, and getting that map. Totally. Yeah. That map is amazing. We're actually, um, just updating that map, um, with, uh, tons of new trails that have come up recently and, um, it should be, should be out in the next month. Um, and it'll, it'll show a lot more of the good stuff in Marin. Yeah. I'm excited for that to go check out the bills trail that, that I read about and a couple of the other pieces that the Marin County bike coalition has been working on. Yeah. Bills, if you haven't had a chance to check it out is definitely, um, a worthwhile trail. It's four miles long, but, um, it's incredible and it was made, well, re, um, remade it was a trail already, but reestablished uh, with mountain biking in mind. So it's really flowy. Um, and it's through my favorite kind of ecosystem, this redwood fern forest. Um, and it connects, um, so it's out in Samuel P. Taylor, if, if you haven't been out there, um, which is really cool. So it's a California state park. Um, and it's really nice to have another mountain bike trail in a state park and it connects uh, Devil's Gulch Fire Road to Mount Barnaby. And so the views when you're up there are incredible. And then, I mean, connecting that with like San Geronimo um, Valley and the fire roads out there, you can just put together such an amazing loop. Yeah. yeah. Interesting footnote about Samuel P. Taylor Park. It's the birthplace of recreational camping in the United States, I found out. Huh. I did not know that. That's awesome. They also have bike camping there. Yeah, absolutely. So 2020 was clearly designed to be a pretty big gravel season for you. You were, you were selected to join the Easton Overland team. Can you talk about that team and, and what the vision is and, and sort of just give us a little insight about what it's like being a member? Yeah, it was this is such a surreal season. Um, I was really excited to be racing with Easton Overland. Um, it's an amazing group of people. Matt Hornland is the team manager and he's just compiled this like amazing group. Amity Rockwell, uh, who's, um, won Dirty Kansas last year, Caitlin Bernstein, who is my best friend in the entire world. Um, and, um, Matt Lieta, who's up in Oregon and Michael Vanderham, which is, uh, super awesome Canadian, um, super amazing uh, cyclocross athlete as well, Canadian national champion. And so it was just like this incredible group of people um, that I was excited to ri- race with. I've raced with Easton 
for cyclocross for the last couple of years. They've been a big sponsor. Um, and it was really nice to be able to like, um, race with them a little bit more, um, have their support in this different capacity. And, um, you know, the, the team is really unique in the fact that it brings together people with very different backgrounds and, um, skill sets. And also we get to kind of have our own style in it. So I race with Cervello, um, on the Sparrow and the other members of the team, Matt Lieto also races on Cervello. Um, and the other members of the team also have their own bike sponsors. And so it's kind of neat because we get to bring our own kind of flair and style into it. Um, and get kind of a wider audience and also just represent in different capacities. Um, so I really like being able to have my personal relationship with Cervello, but at the same time, like be part of this team and this kind of conglomerate that we all, you know, currently our conversation right now, because we have nothing else better to do is how to make sourdough bread the best we can make it. I'm not a bread maker, so I'm just kind of listening in, but it's amazing the the detail that goes into sourdough bread making. Yeah, I think it's a super refreshing concept. I love seeing all the team members with different frames. It's just, it, I think that's sort of, to me, it, it's like what's gravel's all about, right? We don't want these big pro squads coming in and dominating, but like, I love that it's a squad that each member has its own personality and a way to kind of reflect the brands that they want to be riding with. Yeah. And it highlights the uniqueness of the riders. Um, you know, I, I, I'm predominantly an off-road athlete. Like I, I dabble in road races. I did one road race this year before, um, you know, the season got shut down, but I definitely, you know, come from a little bit more of a road background and, and like road, like riding on the road. And so having the Cervelo that's very much oriented as like a, um, an endurance, like fast pace, you know, Peloton kind of racing, um, gravel bike is perfect for me, but that being said, it still rips on descents and still rips on single tracks. So I ride that bike everywhere, but then, you know, Caitlin Bernstein, she's on Da Vinci and that bike is totally a mountain bike. Like Caitlin on, on that bike, I can't keep up with because it's the geometry is just so much more of a mountain bike and it's, it's a very different, you know, style. So it's really cool because when we're all together, every bike and every person riding has this unique flair and unique style. And, um, it's kind of fun to see it that way. It's very different from any other team I've been on. Yeah. And I think that's, again, going back to just being sort of indicative to the sport in general. I love that that you need to choose the equipment for how you want to ride the bike. So if you want to be aggressive. You can go bigger tires and a slacker geometry, or if you're more comfortable on the road section, you know, in a, you know, a roadie type position, that's cool too. But at some point in any given race or ride, you're going to have a shortcoming or you're going to have a better setup than the other person. And I think it just makes it really interesting when you're out there. Totally. Yeah. Um, before everything got, got shut down this year, I was able to race the super sweet water grasshopper and I raced it on my Cervelo with, um, 35 millimeter Schwalbe, um, tires. Um, and so I definitely had a gravel setup for this very much long, you know, 60 plus mile road race, but that bike was amazing. I was, you know, up there top five women, um, 
for the majority of the race and, you know, keeping up with everybody on 28, you know, millimeter tires and on, on, you know, true road frames. And the Sparrow is just like, it's so fast. Like it climbs so well. And it was like ideal for that. And then two weeks later, you know, we, we, um, flew out to Oklahoma for, um, mid-south gravel right before shelter in place happened and I threw on 33 millimeter um essentially cyclocross Schwalbe cyclocross tires and you know we had this eight hour mud fest through Oklahoma red clay and you know the bike on that like handled super super well um just you know so it's like it's um and you know Caitlin and I rode together and she was on her Da Vinci with like 40 millimeter tires and you know, we're, she's, she's, you know, pushing the pace on the climbs and I'm doing my best to keep up with her. And then anytime we hit like a flat section, I was just like, all right, Caitlin on my wheel, let's go. And we were just like, used our strengths in different ways to, to work together. But, um, it, and it was kind of nice cause it complemented each other. Well, that race was certainly a sloppy mess. Did you make that tire selection kind of knowing that it was going to be quite muddy on race day? Yeah. Yeah. Matt Lieto, um, who's on my team and also rides for Savello. Um, I, I probably bugged him every day for like two weeks going into mid South, trying to figure out the best tire selection. And ultimately um, we decided the narrowest tire I could run would be better. And, you know, so something that would shed really well um, and give me the most clearance. They, before the race gave us like paint sticks to, scrape the mud off our wheels and thankfully I never actually had to use it um my demise in that race came at mile 90 when my chain dropped um between my frame and my um chain ring and Caitlin and I spent 45 minutes and watched uh, 15 girls go past us trying to get my chain unstuck and it was just you know we went from sitting in like top five to sitting top 20 and was like, Caitlin, just leave me. And she's like, we've just done 90 miles together in seven and a half hours. I'm not leaving you out here on the side <laughs> of the road. Um, and so, yeah, that was, that was really the biggest bummer of that race, but um, it was, yeah. Tire choice for that one was pretty key. I think there are a lot of people that ended up running um, slicks for that reason. Yeah. I, the stories from that race are really interesting in terms of like what, the, what, what worked and didn't work for people. Um, at the end of the day, I don't think there was a particularly good choice other than making sure you had at least as much clearance as possible. Yeah, that, that totally was the biggest thing was just get enough clearance and hope that you don't get bogged down and hope that, um, you know, any chances where you're going to get that peanut butter mud or clay all over your bike, just run. And like, so I never even dealt with the, my tire clearance was perfect. I had, my equipment was dialed. I just got super unlucky with a drop chain that I couldn't get unstuck. Yeah. What were your, what were your plans for the rest of the season? Um, let's see. I, I had a lot I wanted to do. I really wanted to go to Raspi Titsa um, in Vermont. Um, I was really looking forward to the Jackson uh, Grasshopper that was supposed to happen in May. I was going to go up to Canada for uh, a ride for water. Um, 
And then, you know, Downeyville, which just got canceled, lost and found. I always love racing stuff up in the Sierra Buttes. Um, and then, you know, trying to figure out a couple more from there. I had Steamboat on my radar. Um, Oregon Gravel was on my radar a couple up, up in, in uh, Oregon as well. So I was trying to be selective with races um, because I do usually have a full cyclocross season that runs from September to December. And that ends up being a lot of travel and a lot of racing. Um, but at the same time, I was feeling really good at the beginning of the season and really excited to be racing. So I kept like texting Kayla and be like, what about, should we go to this? And should we go to that? And should we go to that? So my, my season kept expanding because I was so excited to be racing gravel with Easton. And there's just so many cool events that happen all over, all over the place. Yeah, absolutely. I think most of those events that you mentioned, we've had as previous guests on the podcast and I, I would love to visit them all. Yeah. Yeah. There's some, and everyone is so unique and has its own vibe and experience and, um, you know, the thing I love about gravel and I think that things brings me back is just the community around it and just how amazing everybody is in the scene. Um, as like I said, same as cyclocross, like as competitive as everybody is, like at the end of the day, you're having a drink and celebrating each other and just excited to be out there racing. And I kind of love the camaraderie that comes with that. Yeah, I hope everybody who listens time and time again to the podcast gets that loud and clear because it's really just show up, hit the start line. You're going to have a blast whether you're first or last. And that's the beauty of this sport. It's quite unlike, you know, it may, maybe it's similar to cyclocross, but quite unlike other elements of the sport that people may have experienced like road racing, where if you get shelled off the back, it's a pretty miserable experience. It's just simply not the case in gravel. Totally. It's, it's totally unique. And I mean... Even, you know, um, Mid-South this year, like Caitlin and I are on the side of the road. We're trying to fix my bike and everybody that came by was like, are you guys okay? And I'd be like, no, we're not okay. And, you know, they'd be like, do you want our help? And, you know, we kept having all these groups of people come and try to help us. <laughs> and, you know, that's something you don't get in road, road culture. Like people aren't just like, people are, are in it for themselves a little bit more than helping each other. And I just love like in gravel that, you know, you're just out there to, to be there. You're not out there like to win. You're out there to enjoy it and to see a unique place and, and ride with, you know, hundreds of your friends. Yeah, absolutely. So you're, you're also working with the Marin County bike coalition as communication director. Do you want to tell us a little bit more about that role? Yeah. So it's a new role for me. I came on, um, with Marin County bike, coalition in March. So, um, just started there, but it's been, um, an organization that I've known very well for the last five, six years since I got into bikes and moved into the Bay, moved to the Bay area. Um, and so it's a great organization. It's, they do so much good work in Marin on the roadside, on the off-road side and on education and outreach. Um, and it's been a really unique time to work with them because we've kind of had to change the way we're structuring to deal with the current pandemic. The, the most amazing thing about this time for us is um, there has been such an increase in the number of people riding bikes. And so we're really trying to reach them and, and reach out to them and get them involved with us um, to be able to support them and give them that better infrastructure 
I mean, Marin is just, it's, it's a Mecca for cycling. The, the paths, um, you know, Bjorn Griebenberg, he's our policy and um, planning director. He works on the roadside and he's worked so hard in the last four years since he came with the organization to really improve on-road infrastructure in Marin and, you know, make it a more bike-friendly place um, for everybody there. And, um, you know, Tom Boss, who runs our off-road program, he's phenomenal and, you know, really, really working to get access to more trails and trail stewardship and, and engaging with so many different people and different groups of people. So, um, you know, I coach, uh, I started a NorCal league, high school league mountain bike team last year. And so it's a program that's really near and dear to my heart. And Tom works really closely with, um, NorCal league with Vanessa Hoswald to, um, get students out doing trail stewardship and learning how to build trail in Marin. So, um, the last trail day they had was out on the Ponte Ridge Trail, which isn't open trail yet. It's a trail in Marinwood, um, Lucas Valley area that will be opening hopefully later this year. Um, but they, we had 150 kids out there from high schools, high school league, um, working on building trail. Um, so I'm really excited for that trail to open. Um, hopefully it will open end of the season. Um, and, you know, Bill's trail, like we already mentioned, this new trail in Marin, um, that took 14 years to finally be um, bike legal. Um, I think plans were put into place um, in 2006 for it to finally be to, to submit it to um, change of use for us to get access to it for cyclists. And, you know, Tom has been instrumental in and projects like that that have really opened up more and more land for um, for mountain biking in Marin. Yeah, and I think it's been done in a really thoughtful way. I remember when Diaz Ridge project was announced, and like it took six or seven years to get that trail finished, and now it's just such an amazing single track for gravel bike or mountain bike, and it's such an important connector. And I know one of the future projects is kind of connecting the bottom of Diaz Ridge to Coastal View Trail. Kind of, uh, they have Heather Cutoff, which is a running trail, but cutting another trail through there. And it's just that kind of thoughtfulness that makes me super pumped to have Marin County Bike Coalition supporting my my desire to ride new trails because it's just going to be an, it's going to be an amazing connector. And all these pieces, I think Tom and the, the whole crew, they think about like what does that do for your loop? All of a sudden, it makes you know, this completely off-road starting at the Golden Gate Bridge and going all the way to the other side of TAM, completely off-road and completely legal possible. Yeah, totally. Um, we That's called our, we have this project that's the Three Gaps Initiative. And so it's closing three of the biggest gaps um, of off-road or lack of access to off-road um, from the Golden Gate Bridge to Point Reyes. And so um, that connector that you just described between Diaz Ridge, um, which drops you down to near beach, you have to go on highway one to connect to coastal. And um, hopefully we'll have a trail there soon. It's still in the planning phase. Um, and we're hoping to get some more grants and money to help us work on that. Um, and then there's another one out 
um, kind of on the backside of Mount Tam in the lakes region, um, that's Azalea Hill, and that we just got um, noticed that the water district is um, going to give us access, give bike access, give bikes access to a mile and a half of trail that will connect um, two fire roads and help start decreasing that gap a little bit more. So we're we're making progress, and Tom has been huge in and getting those things done. And Marin's such a unique place because we're dealing with a lot of different land managers. Um, and it's really amazing to see the relationships built with those and how, you know, the, the progress progress that we can do in so many different unique environments. Yeah, I think for the gravel cyclists around the country and around the world who are listening, Marin County is an amazing place to ride a bike. And there's tons and miles and miles and miles of trails and a lot of great loops that you can create. It's interesting because I think other parts of the country or world might have somehow a little bit more cachet as a destination to go ride your gravel bike. But by my likes, Marin County should be tops on anybody's list. Oh, totally. I 100% agree with that. When I um, moved down after grad school, um, and moved to San Rafael and Marin, um, I think that's what hooked me. Like we would go out, you know, on these all day adventures and you'd be on road for maybe a mile and you'd be on trail for, you know, 45 miles and, you know, circumnavigating Mount Tam and have these amazing views of the Golden Gate Bridge and, and the Pacific Ocean. And it was just like, it was incredible. I mean, there's no other place like it. And, you know, there were a lot of nights like in the middle of the week that we'd be like, hey, let's go bike camping up on Mount Tam because there's these bike camping spots that no one goes to. And it's something that's literally in your backyard. Yeah, absolutely. You disappeared for a second. It might have been on my end, but um, <laughs> no worries. <laughs> um, I know also the, the, uh, Marin County Bike Coalition is putting on a couple of events later this year, pending obviously the safety of events. You've got the Dirt Fondo and then Adventure Revival, two events which showcase those trails we were just referring to and how good they are. Do you want to talk a little bit more about the planned dates for those events and you know how people should be thinking about it in their calendar, giving you know everything in the uncertainty going yeah. on in the world? Yeah, so the Dirt Fondo is one of our signature events um, that happens August 15th. Um, and it's it's a really amazing event. It's gravel friendly. It's mountain bike friendly. Um, I could argue that you could do a lot of it on a road bike because I've ridden a lot of those trails on a road bike, but not recommended. Um, but it, it highlights the Marin Headlands and it highlights um, Mount Tam. So the, the Queen's the queen route, if you will, um, is 45 miles and it starts in the Red Henlands and climbs up to the top of Tam and back around. And it's, it's incredible. Um, and then there's routes that are, you know, 30 miles, 20 miles, 10 miles. So it's something that, you know, the whole family could go out and do. I dragged my sister out there a couple years ago, um, gave her my mountain bike and uh, I rode my cross bike and, you know, she did 30 miles and she's ridden a mountain bike like four times. And I was like, yes, you're so awesome. Um, it's something that's, and it's, it's just beautiful. And everybody's out there. It's not a race. It's not a competitive event. Everybody's out there to have fun and to enjoy the trails and to just like be part of this amazing community. 
Um, so we're really hoping that happens this year. We are um, kind of chugging along with plans for that. We're we're paying really close attention to the current situation, and I think you know Tom and I are are talking every day about it, you know, and trying to see what it's going to be like. But it's a small event. Um, registrations capped at 300 people. So we're hoping, if anything, this is the kind of event that will happen because it's a regional poll. It's a small event. Um, and we're keeping our fingers crossed because the more we talk to people and the more, you know, we talk, we, we need things to look forward to. And with everything starting to be canceled, we're just kind of, we're hoping we don't have to because we want that normalcy back and we want to be back with our communities. And, you know, we're, we're making contingency plans just in case. And we're, we're strategizing, you know, how potentially if we are allowed to have a small event, how we can kind of keep social distancing um, requirements met. Um, so really, you know, taking into consideration what our county and what California says, but um, we want to be able to, to host it this year. It's a really special event for us. Wow. And then eventually to revival, the later event supports the, the Mountain League. Yeah, so Adventure Revival is September 12th um, and that we run in um, combination with uh, NorCal League, High School League. Um, and so it's a fundraiser for both MCBC and the High School Mountain Bike League. Um, so again, it's something near and dear to my heart because I coach a team, I run a team, I love, I've been involved with the high school league um, for the last five years. And so that one's really cool. It's um, it's promoted as a gravel event. Um, so it's a little more fire roadie and a little more, um, has a little more road in it, but it also highlights, you know, some of the most amazing um gravel routes around um, Marin. And so going out to places that are a little more off um, off the beaten path. Yeah, absolutely. It's a super creative loop that Tom created over there. I hadn't been on some of those trails kind of in, um, I guess, San Geronimo. And they were awesome. Like it pushed all the buttons. Like you had this great technical single track trails, great road, big climbs. Like it was a route that I and, and support that event. Yeah, it's and they're trails that don't get ridden very much. Um, they're it's funny because they're really not that much farther away than everything else, but they seem a little more rugged and some really steep climbs. But it's beautiful terrain. Um, we are, we normally put together like training routes for or training rides for the Dort Fondo and the Adventure Revival to get people out and riding some of these things beforehand, um, in a group setting. And obviously we can't do that. So what we're doing instead is, um, doing kind of curated DIY gravel rides. So I just put together a ride that we shared with our member base and it's on our website. Um, we're calling it the Dirt Ramble. If anybody wants to check it out and, um, it's, 
it kind of highlights some of those San Geronimo um, Ridgeline. Um, why am I also forgetting the name of uh, where, <laughs> where it's going out behind the lakes? Um, but highlighting a lot of those, yeah, trails that you don't get ridden as much and highlighting just like the unique terrain around Marin because there's so many different ecosystems and so many different habitats and, and you can experience so much in such a short ride. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, just having as a, a sort of a city-based rider previously, having those routes and understanding like, oh, maybe I'll ride the road out to Fairfax and then start hitting the trails. You all of a sudden on your gravel bike create these really interesting loops that you never thought of. Because if you, you know, that's that's quite a long way if you're riding off-road the entire way from the city, for example. But if you bypass it because with the efficiency of the gravel bike and just hop into the trails, like there's some great stuff up there. Yeah, totally. And it's, it's you know, it's easily accessible from um, so many different locations from the city. I used to, uh, my parents live in Petaluma, so I, I'd i ride, you know, out um, from Petaluma and hit the Bolinas Ridge Trail. Um, and you have this amazing loop. It's a long day, but it's so worth it to come down and ride these trails. Yeah, definitely. So is your plan this season to go back to cyclocross at the end of the year again? We're we're kind of making the joke with Easton Overland that it's like hashtag cyclo mountain gravel season because everything is now being pushed into one. Um, so right now I'm just looking forward to to riding the dirt fondo and riding um, Adventure Revival in September and kind of going from there, um, seeing what what's still happening and seeing what changes. Um, I definitely will still race cyclocross. Um, I'm hoping maybe to start a little later this season so I can do some other gravel events um, as they happen in late September, um, early October. But, you know, I think at this point, the biggest thing that I want to focus on is connecting back with my community and having fun and racing. You know, obviously I'm competitive. Obviously I want to do well in my racing, but I'm kind of like, it's secondary right now. Like I miss my community. I miss my friends. I miss my competitors. I want to see them. And I also just want to have fun. Um, and it's kind of weird because I'm still training, hoping everything happens and, you know, putting in the hours and putting in the miles and really trying to fine tune the engine. But I also am trying to balance that with just having a good time on the bike and seeking the adventures that are really important to me. Yeah. Well, I think that's a dream for all of us is just to have something back on the calendar that we all get, you know, that our municipalities approving us getting together and enjoying that gravel community. Cause I think the important thing to remember for everybody listening is it's still there. If anything, there's more pent up demand and love and desire to get back together as a community, as you just said. So we'll get through this together. Yeah, I think I think just staying hopeful right now is the biggest thing and knowing, you know, that bikes aren't canceled. Like you can get out and ride, you know, like I said, uh, MCBC is putting on um, our kind of own challenges. There's a lot of other challenges out there, although I'm I'm biased towards the challenges that I'm creating. So I would I would encourage you to check them out on our website. Um, but, you know, we can stay connected in different ways. 
um, I started Zwifting a little bit more <laughs> to stay connected with people. Um, but I think that's the biggest thing is staying connected, staying hopeful and, and hoping things work out soon. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think that's a good note to end on Caroline. I appreciate all the time and the insight about the events. I'll put some, uh, links up to Marin County Bike Coalition so people can find the events we're talking about. And I wish you the best of luck and hopefully I'll see you out there soon. All right. Thank you, Craig. So big thanks to Caroline for spending some time with us this week. And thank you for listening to the Gravel Ride podcast. If you're enjoying what we're doing, please make sure to subscribe to the podcast. And if you have the time, ratings and reviews really help in our discoverability. And finally, a huge thank you to everybody who's contributed financially to the running of the podcast by visiting buymeacoffee.com slash the gravel ride. Your financial contributions have really helped stoke my fire for continuing to put out content every week on the podcast, and it helps offset some of the basic infrastructure costs that I'm going to incur. And in a great month, I actually get some coffee out of the deal. So thanks again. We'll see you next time. Be safe, and here's to finding some dirt under your wheels. <laughs>